everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everyone doing? Happy to have you back listening to another edition of Poker Action Line. Big Dave Lemon, uh, wasn't a Cinderella story up there on Monday when I played in the uh, WSOP Circuit event. I played the uh, PLO 8 or Better uh, tournament, which started at noon on Monday. And uh, never really challenged Joe. It's... uh, it's tough not to be a calling station, you know. You don't, want to, especially when you play with a bunch of guys who are extremely aggressive. But I had a lot of fun up there and uh, enjoyed it. Uh, made it about to the first break and uh, and uh, got. I think I got knocked out the last hand of the first break. But, oh, the uh, first break, yeah, right before it. Right before the first break, but uh, it was event number four, and they are playing event number eight now. So that tournament with twelve tournaments moving along here, and. Uh, did some interviews, and we're going to hear from Lonnie Harwood, who won event number two up there, which was uh, the 365 buy-in uh, event two, and uh, also a few other champions. We'll uh, discuss uh, some of the results and what happened, but uh, uh, I guess we'll start with my tournament. Uh, uh, I had played horse up there a couple of times in a couple of the events. This time, uh, they didn't have a horse tournament, so ended up playing in PLO 8. And uh, I like that tournament. Uh, I like that game. Um, but obviously I don't have the have a, a clue as to uh, the proper strategy because guys were running me out of hands. And well, well, that's how they get it, Big Dave. They get very aggressive. They see that you're uncomfortable. And they don't, they, they don't stop applying the pressure. Yeah. You had one guy that sat in on the game that uh, came in about uh, halfway through the first... Uh, uh, level and uh, basically was raising to uh, you know even though the blinds were only 100 200 was raising to 1500 2000 uh, you know on which is which is kind of ridiculous actually I guess it's great to get people out of there but uh, you know you never know what's going to happen uh, before the flop really in some of these hands no but uh, again some of these people may not did this guy seem like an experienced poker player to you? Uh, because yeah, that, the did. sizing of his bet doesn't seem like it. Yeah. You know, the sizing of, of, of that raise, unless he's one of these people that are so afraid to play pocket aces to a, to a min raise, you know, because they don't want to get snapped off. They go, well, the hell with it. You know, I'm going to raise large so I don't have to worry about how to play my pocket aces. Everybody will fold. And if whoever calls me is either going to have kings, ace, king, queen, you know, and I'm going to have the advantage. But uh, yeah. pros don't try to play their game like that. You know, pros you know, you can't win unless you get a lot of people's money uh, into your stack. So, you know, you're, you're trying to entice them to get a call. And, you know, the difference between the pros and these type of players is the pros know when, when, when their opponent has flopped something that they can get away from aces real easy. Someone like that is going to, you know, be stubborn till the very end and go. I can't. You know, he's, they're not going to believe that someone has flopped two pairs, a straight, uh, a set on them with a, you know, with a smaller. Yeah. Well, the thing there. I've really found is that you know you can't get hooked in like you can and hold them. When you flop a set, you're really in good shape. 
but it's not such great shape because there's uh, so many opportunities to pick up a flush or a straight in uh, Omaha that uh, you know it's not a it's not a hand that holds up real well uh, as far as I'm concerned. In Omaha, you're saying yeah. Omaha high? I'm saying the set, uh, uh, flopping a set is not is not as powerful. No, not as strong as it is in Hold'em. Yeah. No, obviously not because of the added two cards that everybody holds in their hand. Uh, I thought the people played. Uh, you know, Ace Deuce is obviously a good hand for the for the nut low, um, but you need the three cards of the board, eight or lower, and a lot of times there's not a low hand, and it's I think it's kind of crazy to uh, to uh, go crazy with that hand particularly because a lot of times that will that will not come to fruition with the with a, a qualifying hand. Uh, oh, you when when they're playing high low, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the frustrating part about getting, you know, like uh, Ace Deuce Three, you know, with the Ace suited, and you're looking at, well, listen, I might have a chance to scoop this pot, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, the flop comes and it's uh, Queen Jack Nine, so there's no low there right away, and two suits that aren't in your in your neighborhood, <laughs> so all of a sudden, what looked like a very promising hand uh, pre-flop, uh, all of a sudden is a hand you want to hit the muck with very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we got there on Monday, uh, we started at noon. There were still two tournaments that needed to be concluded. Uh, event number two was down to four players. Lonnie Harwood had a huge lead, uh, which is actually kind of a lot of pressure. She had 7.7 .7 million chips, and the next closest was 2.5, and then there was two smaller stacks besides that. So you would think it'd be uh, a foregone conclusion, and it really was. Uh, it took her 24 minutes to uh, mow through the other three players and pick up her third career ring. Uh, we talked to Lonnie afterwards. Uh, let's hear what she had to say uh, following her uh, her win, her third career ring. She's won a uh, WSOP National Championship, which was a Cherokee, uh, won another ring earlier in her, his, her, her career at, uh, at Palm Beach. Uh, this was her third ring, and here's what she had to say. Yeah, that didn't take long. Uh, you took care of business quick. Uh, we kind of thought you would, but uh, that puts a little extra pressure on you, does it not? Yeah, I mean, I ran good. I, I, I won a couple of flips at the end. Um, I mean, yeah, there was a little pressure coming in with, like, a ton of chips. Uh, if I lost, it would have been, like, how did I lose? But, you know, I'm, I'm happy everything went my way today. You can't think about the embarrassment factor. You just got to get what you really want, which is a ring, and I know it meant a lot to you. Yeah, it definitely means a lot to me. Um, I mean, this is this is ring number three. Um, I won my first ring like five years ago to the date. So was that the ladies? Uh, no, I won I won a ladies here also. That was like around the same time. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's crazy to look back and see where I've come from in five years. Well, I, uh, I I wanted to ask you about that because the first time I met you, you you were just about ready to play in the ladies tournament, and I remember how down you were. At the, I don't know if you remember that, but you were going through a bad string, and maybe a lot of variance, and and uh, you kind of were like, man, eh, maybe I'll just play in the ladies. Maybe that's where I belong. And, and I knew that wasn't true, but you went right out. You won the ring there in that tournament, and then of course it's been kind of a Cinderella story ever since with the success you've had. Yeah, um, I don't re remember that, but um, yeah, I mean, poker's so streaky. Like one day you could be at you know the top, the next day you're at the bottom. But yeah, it's just it's just to maintain like a medium 
uh, motion like throughout how, however you. you're doing yeah. it. Uh, tell me a little about this thing today. Uh, you know, you came in with a big chip lead. 24 minutes, you took care of the three other players. And then on top of that, there was a weird situation where one of the guys had to sit on an orbit. There's only three people left, or two people left, really. So it's not much of an orbit, but uh, that's kind of something you've probably never seen before. Yes, yeah, so I had Riz, um, and then the next guy had gone all in, and he thought we were both all in. So he tabled his hand, and I was still thinking about calling the guys all in. So um, he had to sit out um, for three hands, but then one of the other players busted during that time, so they wanted him to sit out one hand when we started heads up, but we decided it would be most fair for him to come back in while, so that it would, you know, I wouldn't just steal a hand. Now, I know you're from Staten Island, but you live down here now, is that correct? Yes. And I know your father's here. I've interviewed him on the show before. So what's your outlook? I mean, you've had great success here in South Florida. So obviously when it's home, you play a lot more tournaments here. But, you know, you look back at Lucky Hearts. You just had a really deep run, uh, second place, I guess, in, in one of the events there. Third, was it? Okay, third. And then you had a second, uh, you know, not too long ago. So uh, things have been fantastic. You know, it's not just a one experience of winning a national championship. And then sometimes that happens to people. They never win again or they never really do well but you're continuing to be on the way up what's your thoughts about the progress you've made over the last say year and a half and where you're headed um my only goal headed off going forward is just to win wpt i feel like that would be the cherry on top of the sunday but um yeah i mean i'm really thankful and blessed that i run good and i mean i obviously i'm playing well but you know you're not going to win tournaments by playing well um, there's variance, and I'm just really thankful. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Philip, uh, your, your boyfriend, Philip Hui, who is playing at the table, two two tables away from where you won the, the tournament. So he had the nerve not to stand and watch you and be on the rail live, but he wasn't far away, so I guess we'll count that. Uh, what's it like for you two? You've gone out now, I guess, what, about three, four years now that you've been going out together? Oh, yeah, we've been together just over four years. And what's that like? I mean, people wonder because there's so many poker players that are married or have a girlfriend that really doesn't understand poker. Now both of you are, are with somebody that knows the ups and downs of the game, you know, what you go through with traveling and the, and the hardships involved, and the glory, too, as well. So tell me a little about that. Um, it's definitely better for, like, splitting expenses and, like, understanding hands. And when you lose a tournament, you always have someone there that, like, understands what you're going through. And also, like... Um, you know, when one person's going on a really bad downswing, you know, the other person might be having a really good upswing, and um, it evens it evens out, and I, it's just definitely it's really supportive to have someone there like all the time that understands like exactly where you're going through. Tell me about your uh, plans of living in Florida. You uh, <clears throat> you've been here for a while now, living full time. Is that the story? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just bought a house here in Florida. Um, I. Uh, I've been living here on and off for the past five years. Um, yeah, but I just bought a house like a couple of months ago. And because it's such a great tournament scene and uh, you'd be close to a lot of the action at the Hard Rock in here? Yeah, it has to do a little bit with the Hard Rock. Well, it's mainly the weather. I lived in New York my entire life and I just hate cold weather. I went to college in Albany and it was freezing. So I'm just happy to get away from the cold weather. And what's your short-term plans here in the next uh, three months or so? Um... I'll be at Bay 101 in March. Um, Are you a shooting star? Yeah, I'm a shooting okay. star. And, cool. and I'll be at um, 
obviously the hard route for the March to April series as well. And then, uh, and then another uh, summer out in... Yeah, and then the World Series in June for two, two months. Okay. Well, congratulations. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are out there pulling for you. I follow you on Twitter, so I know you got a lot of friends and fans out there. So it's pretty sweet. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. A very popular win uh, among uh, not just ladies in the poker world, but uh, she has a lot of great friends that uh, are, are friends with both her and Philip, who, is, who was there playing in several events as well. Uh, he's originally from San Antonio, but I guess has moved down here now. So uh, um, pretty interesting uh, career so far for her. She told she was on the show, I don't know, about three years ago, maybe three, four years ago, and uh, she told the story of how she basically sat on her father's, uh, at his elbow, uh, watched him play many yep. times and learned the game from him. And he's uh, also a very good player as well, Dick Harwood. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a career that's moving up and, uh, you know, our support of ladies in the world of poker. And this really is the last uh, month has been a big time for ladies in poker. We'll get to another story in just a minute. And it's nice to hear that she's bought a house and investing in real estate and everything else. You know, it's it's nice to see that a lot of these young people are, are you know, uh, besides the great success that they're having, is uh, right, trying right. to hold on to that money and, uh, you know, uh, plugging any kind of leaks that they may have in, in, in any other gambling uh, things. So this is so refreshing to hear from a young lady yeah, like this. You know, very nice and, person. And, you know. Three three rings already? Congratulations. Yeah, honey. absolutely. Uh, event number eight is underway right now, by the way, uh, which is the Monster Stack event. Uh, they actually had two of them in this uh, 12 uh, series. Uh, got underway at noon today here as we do the show. Um, they are uh, – I don't have any results yet. We'll, we'll get that in just a minute. But uh, uh, they started today around noon, 20,000 chips, $365 buy-in. And uh, they are moving along in that one, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, for you as well. Uh, we'll get to some of the other results in just a minute. The interesting story is a guy we just had on the show. Uh, we had taped an interview in August with Carlos Loving, who is a former poker dealer that's now really kind of breaking out on the scene as a very good player. Um, came into event number three as uh, the, the short stack of the final 12 players. That one started at 3 o'clock also the day I was there. He had 74,000 chips, and the leader at the table had 450,000. So uh, all of a sudden, they're playing down. He's still alive. He's still alive. And when uh, I was getting ready to uh, leave, he was down to the final uh, head-to-head play against Martin Ryan. He ended up having a, quite a chip disadvantage, ended up finishing second. But that was about 7 o'clock in the evening, Immediately got out, collected his money, and went in and played event number five and ends up winning that one. So uh, that was a turbo. So they, they played in two tournaments in one day, uh, finished second and a first. <laughs> Only $100 more in the tournament he won because of the field size, but uh, collected uh, 15000 in both tournaments to uh, put him over 30000 for the day. Let me tell you, Dave, sometimes that's how you feel. One of my six most successful days online was... Actually, after a trip to Vegas, I was so frustrated that I got, you know, two outed on three different tournaments. And I was so frustrated that when I got home, I said, I'm going to take a tournament down. And as it turns out, I I wound up doing the exact same thing, coming in second in in a field of 180 uh, and then immediately joining another one that was 340-something. And I took that one down. 
and wound up playing in a third tournament, you know, because online, you know, the blind levels are usually right. 10 minutes, playing in a third tournament where I took second place also in that. So I was able to do two seconds and a first, you know, and I was... Is that a matter of confidence? Is that what it it's is? It's just really? you feel you're in a... I've mentioned it on the show before. You're, you're kind of in a zone, you know, and you're... Uh, you, you, it seems like you're seeing things. You, you, you know how baseball players always say that when they're when they're in that hitting zone, they can see the, the rotation the of the ball and everything else? The game slows down. Exactly. Times, the game say. slows down, and... When you're in that zone, that good zone, you know, that's what it feels like. Like, you know, you, you know the hands you can put people on. You, you've got that feeling of what cards are going to come out. You know, you know whether to take this risk even though, you know, the odds, you know, are not there for you. I, I don't know how to describe it, but, yeah, it's it's like playing in a zone. Much like when all of a sudden you've been playing good and all of a sudden the tables turn on you and now – you can't see the easiest thing or the simplest thing in front of you, you know. And and when when cards are turned over, especially online or in the poker room, and you're thinking to yourself, "How did I miss that?" You know. And so, yeah, I I just think that he felt, you know, oh my God, you have the rush of finishing second, of you know, I don't know what he collected for second place. But you're happy that you got 15, second, 15, and you're upset over, that yeah. you didn't win the title in yeah. the ring. So I think first place was twenty four. Okay, so so you lost nine thousand dollars that you didn't get, even though he was at a disadvantage, and just you're seeing the you're seeing the one guy that was left in the tournament with you put that ring on. So <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you turn around, and you go, hey, wait a minute, I listen, I'm I'm looking at everything really good now, and I think I can play and beat somebody. And guess what? In the turbo and took down first place. Once I guess as you said it was a hundred dollar difference and wins another fifteen thousand and yes, change. Yes. Plus plus that ring. At that point that ring uh becomes a a little bit important. Uh so uh Carlos and this is a guy I talked to and we just had him on the show not long ago. I talked to him about uh, he's from Tampa, uh Tampa area. And uh well not not even really a long day for him because he started that first one at three when they were down to twelve players, got done at seven Got right in, and the other one, and was out of there. I think by midnight. So, uh, uh, pretty nice day. Put in nine hours, got thirty thousand and a ring. Not too bad. Anyway, he defeated Austin Riley head to head in that tournament. So, uh, uh, great day for him, and we congratulate him on that. Uh, Martin Ryan, as I mentioned, was the winner of event three. Event number four went to uh, David Shane, who is a uh, uh, South Florida player from West Palm Beach, uh, marketing professional who went to the University of Central Florida, and he wins the uh, tournament that we played in, uh, the uh, Pot Limit Omaha 8 or better. Uh, first prize, I guess, let's see what the first prize was there. and 11800 so uh, could have been mine. <laughs> Not really. Uh, Luis de Guzman uh, finished in second. John Millard was third in that one. Uh, and so we give you Carlos Loving. Event number six, let's see if we can get you that one before we go. Uh, event number six was a six-handed, uh, six-man, uh, six-max uh, tournament. And uh, that finished up yesterday, which on Tuesday. Uh, Max Young, the winner in that one. And uh, right now they're currently in event number eight. So uh, Max Young, the winner in event, uh, then an eight-max. There was also an eight-max event there. And uh, they are playing right now heads-up 
for the ring in that one. Uh, Josh Sidman and Stephen Smith. Uh, so that gets you kind of up to date on the circuit. I want to go back to uh, what Milani mentioned, and that was the the fellow having to sit out in orbit with only three players left. Uh, when they sat down, there were four players. One guy got eliminated uh, almost immediately. So there were three of them left, and uh, you almost got to feel bad as a floor person when you tell the guy he has to sit out in orbit that late in the tournament. But it worked to his advantage, really, because uh, he did expose his hand. Uh, you know, he said, do I, do I have to leave the table? I said, yeah, you got to stand up and, and move back away from the table. So he's standing there and the, uh, other guy that was going up against Lonnie, uh, Gets got knocked out. So he, it basically maybe, uh, picked him up a few thousand dollars. Well, as, as obviously you move up, uh, 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 you know, prize level, but you know, it's nice to hear that Lonnie said, you know, they agreed to bring him back in and not have him sit out, have him be blinded. And he didn't blind, blinded whatever his blind right. whatever he would have been the big or the small. I don't so know. So he only sat out two hands then. He sat out one or two hands, and you know, as a floor person, you have to make that call. Now I don't know if you remember back in August when uh, before their name became Mud, but when I was in Daytona for the PPC, that final table over there, um, you know, I've never seen so many penalties being issued on the final day. Really? There must have been four or five penalties, orbit penalties issued when there were, when we were down to like 20 players or less. And then on the final table, one guy wound up. And actually, here's the funny part. They said it would be a 10-man, you know, it would be a table orbit. But the table started with 10. When this gentleman received his penalty... There was nine, and they still made him sit out ten hands. Wow. So, yeah, it was, you know, uh, it, it was a little crazy, to say the least, that that, that week, uh, that, that Sunday in Daytona. Well, I can say it's uh, no stranger to me to have to do that. I think the last two years that I played in the circuit, I, I, I got a penalty each time. And this year I didn't get a penalty. Uh, so I feel kind of good about that. Uh, it's, it, listen, it's just most penalties are due to the fact that somebody's just not paying attention, Dave, which right. has been the case mostly with you. Well, you I'm, know, on those two, I'm not, I don't play much live, right? So, so that's what I'm saying. You know, uh, you mentioned. I remember when we went up there. We were up there together when you got that penalty. You know, playing on different tables, but you know, it was a part of you know throwing your hand over, you know, stuff that the computer does for you now, you know, that you don't even need to worry about. And I think that's probably what happened over here when the gentleman tabled his cards, um, you know, thinking that the both players were all in. Now, as a floor man, you're left no choice but to do that, Dave, because first of all, why are you going to table your cards? You know, you understand? I understand that you thought both parties were in, but why would you want to do that to somebody? Like, let's assume you folded a queen deuce or something. Somebody has a queen. You've kind of deflated their bubble a little bit, knowing that they've got one less out to catch a queen. Right. You know, so, uh, again, uh, don't know if that's an amateur player, just someone, you know, who just wanted to give information to somebody. But Lonnie and her in, in the interview did what it didn't seem to think that it was done intentionally. No, it wasn't. And if it had malicious. been, it, it would have been to her benefit, to be honest with you, Correct. because she was the other gentleman had already acted by going all in. So the information that he was given 
was information that that only she could use right because the other gentleman had already you know put all his chips in the center uh, the other news uh, for women in poker was uh, the first uh, woman to win an open event on the World Poker Tour. Uh, happened this week up in uh, Montreal. Emma Zajmovic uh, becomes the first ever. Now, there actually was a woman that did win a tournament on the WPT, but it was a celebrity invitational uh, with 445 players. This one had 380 uh, so pretty uh, comparable, but this was a $3,500 uh, buy-in tournament. And it was the main event of the uh, of the uh, uh, tournament up in uh, in Canada, right? No, Montreal. Yeah, Montreal, Montreal Canada yep. at the at the playground uh, casino up there. And uh, so she wins it over Jean Francois Bouchard. She wins two hundred thousand American dollars, two hundred sixty one Canadian two hundred sixty one K in yeah. Canadian dollars. Uh, Eric Afriat, who won a big tournament at the Seminole Hard Rock two years ago. Uh, down here, he finished in third. He's from Montreal. And uh, Tam Ho finished in fourth. Uh, so a uh, great tournament there. And uh, very thrilling. Very pretty girl that uh, has uh, had a couple of deep runs, but uh, brought home the title, got her name on the Champions Cup, and uh, also wins the championship belt there. So uh, really great to see. Uh, you know, we know that... Uh, uh, we have been pulling for it for a long time, and it's nice to see that finally come through. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be on this show talking about two females winning tournaments is super nice, and you know, it, it, it's it's you you're the one who's been championing that cause about that's the last uh, you know frontier for poker is to get more women involved, and uh, nice to see a first at the WPT, and it's nice to see Lonnie win her third ring. Right. It's, it's great. It's great for it's great for poker. It's great for women. Uh, I you know I just don't see a downside of any kind to to these to these women and young women having great success. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the WPT moves on now to Fallsview in uh, the Niagara Falls area, up there, and the main event is uh, February 22nd through the 24th. Uh, the day after, on the 25th, starts a tournament in L.A., so a lot of flights cross-country for people to get into both of those at the uh, the Commerce Casino out in Los Angeles, and uh, we'll look forward to that. The L.A. Poker Classic at the Commerce uh, has been underway since, as I mentioned last week, since mid-January, and they've been having a lot of tournaments. This week they have an $1,100 buy-in tournament, four starting days, and a million-dollar guarantee. That kicked off earlier today at 4 p.m., uh, 1 o'clock. Los Angeles time. So uh, we'll keep an eye on both of those tournaments over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Dietrich Fast was the defending champion out in L.A. And uh, we'll check out uh, what happens also in uh, the uh, Fallsview event. So uh, a lot of action in the WPT. Of course, uh, the uh, tournament here in West Palm Beach will continue. Uh, this weekend is with the main event on Friday and Saturday of this week, the 17th and 18th. Uh, 1650 buy-in, and we'll check that out as well. Other news ahead here, but let's tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park as we head for our first break here on the program. Uh, big weekend again coming up uh, during the championship racing season. Always is uh, one of the great things, but uh, the big event this week is, uh, again, for the ladies. Uh, in, 
at horse racing, and it's called the Girls Got Game Betting Challenge. Uh, that takes place this weekend on Saturday at the Ten Palms Restaurant. Starts at 11 a.m. and uh, be a few lessons on betting the horses from uh, Kate and Brader, uh, who is a journalist and racing analysis at the track. They'll have a uh, Lunch buffet for the ladies. You can win fabulous prizes, including a two-night stay at the Margaritaville Hollywood Beach Resort. And they'll be shopping for handbags, jewelry, and other accessories by India Hicks. That's all this weekend. Uh, Cost is $50, 60 at the door, 50 if you get in early before the 18th. But that's this Saturday at Gulfstream Park. And be a nice day for uh, everybody now that a couple of the big stage races are over with. Uh, Still more to come, but this is kind of a very fun day for the ladies out there. And uh, maybe it's time to uh, introduce the wife or the girlfriend to uh, horse racing and maybe <laughs> get a little extra time in the poker room. The po- my, do- my youngest daughter mentioned today that she wanted to go to Gulfstream this Sunday, so I, I guess that's where I'll be. You should take her Saturday for the big ladies' day. <laughs> anyway, uh, poker promotions uh, go on at the poker room. They have uh, high hands Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, $500 high hands every 30 minutes. From 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. And uh, one of the big things there now is uh, when you get a high hand, you have a chance to uh, spin the big wheel with a chance to win up to $1,500 every 30 minutes. Uh, there's different prices on the uh, wheel, uh, as low as 200 but about average about $400. So uh, pretty nice. And uh, they also have a Royal Flush paying $1,000 uh, on weekends, 3 a.m. to 10 a.m. So uh a lot of special things going on there. You can call the poker room and find out what the latest is with their tournaments, the nightly 7 p.m. tournaments, including the PLO tournament on Wednesdays, and uh, different prices, different uh, chip stacks, guarantees, and that sort of thing. Check it out. Give them a call over there at 954-457-6336. 954-457-6336. It's Gulfstream Park located in Hallandale Beach. Check it out. Tell them Big Dave sent you over. This is Poker Action Live. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Look at all the cars. Lots of colored cars. Now there's blue one. Isn't it pretty? Ooh, look how fast that red one's going. It's red like that stop sign. Like my jacket. This is a 38-year-old man. My jacket's not a car, is it? Is my jacket a car? My jacket is red, but it doesn't go fast. He may sound a little strange to you and me. But to his two-year-old son, who's interested in cars and colors, he makes perfect sense. That's the sound cars make. When you talk with your child, you build vocabulary. And learning starts long before school does. So follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like eating dinner or just watching cars go by, and turn them into learning moments. Ooh, look, red car. Yes, and it's moving awfully fast. Blue car. Yes, the man in the red car is about to meet the man in the blue car. Get himself a pretty pink ticket. Turn everyday moments into learning moments. For more tips, go to bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Do you like poker? Poker Action Line. Do you like poker? Poker Action Line. Poker Action Poker Action Line. 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 
And welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here, another edition of Poker Action Line. So, uh, things over at Dania, uh, they obviously uh, uh, are working hard to try to draw people in there. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on over there. Well, let me tell you right now, and, and you know, the numbers for the last, as a matter of fact, I think this past month of January is going to be the best month that they've had since they, you know, since the reopening uh, January of the year before. Um, we're doing a lot of free rolls, Dave. I mean, we do free rolls on Monday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays now. It is bringing in a lot of people. We are also doing what they like to call the power hour, the 500 every 15 minutes high hand. Uh, it, need, it needs aces full to qualify. And the power hours from 5 to 11, I mean, it's great. One hour, it's 500 every 15 minutes. The following hour, it's 300, then back to 5, back to 3, back to 5, back to 3, okay. up until 11 o'clock. And it's, you know, it's been bringing us six, seven, eight tables. We have our private games that are running over there that, that you know, thank God have been consistent uh, over over the time frame that I've been there, and they're still there now. Um, so, you know, uh, our manager, Omar Newball, has been doing a great job since taking over Felio. Um, you know, both of them are Magic City guys, since uh, Magic City has a, a vested interest in Dania's casino. And they've done a great job, you know. Omar's done a great job of bringing this from those, uh, I don't know how to how to properly word it, but from those dismal uh, numbers that, that, that were, they were producing to what we're producing now. It still falls far short of, of the other rooms, but you have to start somewhere. And right now, they're doubling. They're, we're going to come close to doubling the numbers that were out there in November. So you kind of have a feel for uh, what they go through in Vegas with the huge competition out there. Uh, at one point they had 27 poker rooms in Vegas. Now they have, uh, they'll have 19 with the closing in April of the Monte Carlo. Uh, they only had eight tables, so it wasn't like that was a huge uh, room or anything like that, but a small room that uh, was battling the Aria and some of the big high roller rooms. Uh, huge rooms at uh, the Venetian and the Bellagio. Uh, it's part of a renovation. I guess maybe they'll reopen it again at some later point. But uh, uh, there's two new hotels there, the Park MGM and the Nomad Las Vegas. Uh, there'll be a $450 million, $450 million renovation uh, of those two hotels. But in the interim, they will close one of the rooms there. So um, you know better than anybody what it's like here in South Florida for competition between rooms. And it's really tough. I mean, you go with the free rolls or you go with the high-hand uh, promotions, which uh, we know very well can backfire when you're giving away so much money, but you're trying to get people in there because, let's face it, uh, loyalty is not uh, a hallmark of uh, poker players. No, and well, it isn't now, Dave. That wasn't the case many years ago. You know, uh, you had your favorite poker room. If you were, if the service was good, the game was was on the up and up. The service was good, the food was good in the place. These people were with you for the for the whole you know extended time that your room was open, outside of special events that they went to. South Florida, what happens here? I'll give you a reason. One of the main reasons that 
you know, outside of that they were looking to save money, the people who came in and took over Miami High Life was they had come from from Atlantic City, and you know, Dave Jonas, who's who, you know who's who's you know charged with being the man to to to, to get that ship righted for the investors there, you know, couldn't believe the amount of money that we were giving away to induce these players to come play at our place because no one else does that, okay? And, you know, eventually he thought that, that uh, they could do it, you know, the way they were doing it in Atlantic City and still maintain the numbers. And, uh, unfortunately, he was grossly mistaken there as, he, as he's closed the room down. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is a strange market. I don't think anybody else in the country – would put up with this, Dave, and the reason is most every other place that has poker uh, that has poker also has a casino, so they would never put up with this. As you know, we are in a unique situation in Florida when the poker room started to explode. Is that no one else had no one's had casinos, you know, outside of you know what the Seminoles and Mikasuki had. Mm-hmm. All the paramutuals had was the poker and quote the paramutual income that was coming in. So you see, you know, if you get those rooms like Pompano, you know, which I'm sure their numbers in, in, uh, in, in the paramutuals are not very big with the harness racing, all of a sudden they started seeing a million and change in revenue coming in every month from poker. You didn't want to lose that business. And when people saw those numbers, everybody was fighting to try to get a piece of that pie and, and increase their numbers. And, you know, what... The result of that is what you see today, of us giving away five hundred dollars every fifteen minutes. Yeah, do you remember when I gave away two thousand at Miami Highlight? Yes, I do. I mean, the people started screaming and hollering when I announced that in a week or whatever time it was frame that I had between that announcement that we were going to do the two thousand dollar an hour. And I mean, I'm not kidding you, Dave. I must have seen thirty, forty people get on their phone the moment I announced that it was going to be two thousand dollar an hour high hand. Wow. And within a minute, I started getting phone calls from people. I mean, I had only announced the thing a minute in that room, and I'm not a social media person. So people were calling them. They didn't want to believe it. And all of a sudden, people were called blowing up my phone asking me, is this true? I'm hearing you guys are going to give away $2,000. Now we're giving it away three hours. I did it for a 12-hour period that day. You know, Now we give it away, and people give 1000 every half hour. It's the same thing. And it's it's ho hum right now, you know. It's it's not, you know, the news that 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 we created back when we did the two thousand dollar an hour high hand. So we have extremely spoiled poker players yeah, here in South nice. Florida. Is what I'm trying to say. That would no one would put up with them, or their style of you know their their their, their greediness of wanting these high hands anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Well. Uh, I, I don't know what the answer is, really. I, I guess you just make your room as nice as possible. Uh, the people have to be uh, treated well, and uh, I, don't, I don't know how you get it. It doesn't matter, up. but what I'm trying down here, it doesn't matter. In the past, it mattered how you treat people, and I know people are going to argue with me and say, oh, it does matter. Yes, it, it does matter. You don't want to be mistreating customers. I've never done that. I've always treated everybody with the utmost respect and, you know, and, and the courtesy and the kindness to everybody. But what I'm saying is, bottom line, 70 to 80% of the poker players are going to follow the money. 
Right. So I don't care how nice you treat them, they're going to follow the money. They're going to be appreciative. They're going to say, hey, that big Dave Lemon, what a nice guy he is. But I'm going to go play at Jill's Casino today because Jill's giving out a lot more money today than yeah. the big Dave is. And, you know, it, it sucks, but uh, as my former boss used to say, you know, we're buying these customers or, or, or at the very least renting them. And if you don't maintain that, you get your core of, you know, at Miami Highlight, we open the doors every single day. I knew that we'd have four to six tables within within 20 minutes of opening that door. Right. And when we gave away a big prize, you know, that would go to 9, 10, 11, 12 tables. It, it just, you know, that's how it was. And if you knew one of your competitors was running a special tournament, uh, a special high hand as they tried to compete with you, you had to make adjustment in your in your staff because you knew you would you weren't going to have as many tables as you normally did on that particular day. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, having tournaments and that sort of thing, what has your experience been with associating yourself with with a large tournament? Of course, you need the facility to have 40, 50 tables or expanded that sort of thing, like the Hard Rock can do and like uh, West Palm Beach can do at the Kennel Club. Um, is it something that uh, you just wanted to stay away from because you didn't want to fill up the room and, and cut into your cash games? or When I was running a room you're right. talking about or yeah. now at no, Dania? No. Well, when I was running a room. Or maybe Dania, bring that well, in as well. Because Dania, well, let me tell you, when I ran the room, it, it wasn't, you know, there was no reason for me to try to run a tournament. We were successful enough, you know, um, doing what we were doing with the promotions that I had, you know, come up with, and it was drawing the right amount of revenue. On top of, we were kind of in a limited space there, Dave, as you remember, you know, on the casino floor. Due to the age requirement, I mean, they, they adjusted it way too late, and it never made a difference at Miami Highlight after I had left that they had adjusted the room to allow 18 years old. But, you know... If you want to be successful in tournaments, you know, Palm Beach is is like a blueprint, you know, Jacksonville, you know, where you have X amount of tables. But now here, Dave, here's here's the, the, the double-edged sword thing there. If you're not successful at those tournaments, you're paying the state, you know, a nice amount of money to have those tables, to register those tables every year. You know, and if they're not producing any income for you, you know, Bottom line is, you know, management's going to look at you and go, you know, you know, why the hell are we paying a uh, licensing fee on 60, 70, 80 tables if we're not getting anything out of it? As I mentioned, you know, Palm Beach Kennel Club's numbers are going to double this month in this 12-day period. It has happened. I've looked at the numbers all, you know, since they've had it. And in the month of February, which is the shortest month of the year, has always their best month. Because they double their revenue. They go from $1 million to $2 million, you know, because of what this tournament creates. And I, don't, I have not kept track of their second WSOP circuit event that they have there. We know that they kind of tinkered with it because in September kind of – I mean, they still did great numbers. But I don't know how that affected their – you know, how much more their bottom line was that month right. of September because – I just remember looking at February's, which is when they first started, and year after year, it was just the numbers every year just kept growing and growing. Right. So when you have a tournament that's 
affiliated with a WSOP, WPT, you know, it, you you get you get those numbers. Otherwise, it doesn't mean it doesn't seem to be a big thing for me. It wasn't for me, but Dania, on the other hand, is starting to uh, generate some some really good revenue from yeah. it. Well, we wish you the best there, obviously, and uh, uh, I, I, you kind of found a second home there. It's kind of funny that you end up at another highlight. Highlight, yeah, I know. Uh, it is amazing. And, and coincidentally, a couple of uh, you know, former uh, co-workers of ours are also working there now. So, so it, it, yeah. it it has a little feel of, of, of home, you know, like, like 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 we've all been invited to somebody else's party and we and, and everybody at Miami Highlight, a few of us got the got the invitation, so it's been real nice. About a forty mile forty uh, mile drive or something? Thirty seven and a half miles to to from door to door. Okay. Okay, a few other things to talk about when we come back, but let's take our uh, final break on the program. Uh, Big Dave and Joe here, uh, just kind of uh, shooting the breeze here. Uh, There's lots of big events coming up here, uh, including the uh, Seminole Hard Rock uh, WPT Showdown, which uh, the whole series kicks off in mid-March, about the 16th, and then uh, the main event comes uh, right at the end of the month and into April. So there will be a lot of big-name poker players here, and we'll have some fun with that. But uh, still plenty to come here at the the Palm Beach Kennel Club, including the main event this weekend, 1650, and uh, uh, a big tournament uh, for, uh, I don't know, a whole different uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say class of players, but... uh, uh, you know, guys that uh, maybe are from Florida and uh, will come across from the, sta- the other side of the state. Uh, there are a lot of big-name national players here, uh, including uh, Maurice Hawkins, who lives down here, Ari Engel, uh, who I, I got a chance to talk to briefly the other day, and uh, he promised me an interview this weekend. So hopefully when I go back there, we'll, uh, we'll talk to him as well. Uh, kind of surprised me a little bit. In fact, uh, one of the things I want to ask him is was I was, I was a little surprised to see him. Here's a guy who won the main event at the Aussie Millions in the beginning of 2016 uh, for over $1.1 million. Now comes down here and plays a tournament that's uh, prize money is about, you know, maybe a, maybe 20% of that. What do you think the attraction uh, for that is? I guess locally, uh, you know, if you have friends down here or family in a place to stay, maybe that will uh, kind of guide your... Uh, well, and you got to always remember, see, we... we, we we always remember what they won, but we don't know what kind of partnership deal they had. True. You know, so now he's maybe playing in something where the prize pool is 200000 But he'll or, take all of it. But he'll take all of it, yeah. and he can pay for it himself. So, you know, people's lifestyle change after making a big score of a million dollars, too. We don't know if that's what happened with him. Uh, you know, on top of that, there's also the love of the game. You just want to play. You want to be competitive. And... Bottom line, Dave, if 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 150,000 or 100,000 for first place was a lot of money to you back then, even though you've won a million, it's still going to seem like a lot of money to you. Right. Unless you keep winning a lot of those million dollars, million dollar plus uh tournaments. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, well let's take our uh, last break and uh, a few other things to talk about nationally. Uh, that are going on now. The uh, Super High Roller uh, Bowl is in the news as well. But we will uh, check that out when we come back. First, let's tell you about Gulfstream Park, located in Hallandale Beach, southern part of Broward County, east of I-95, in between I-95 and the beaches. 
certainly a lot of fun there, a lot of things to do for the whole family. And it's a great weekend. Uh, we invite you to go this weekend, of course, the Ladies' Day this week. Uh, and uh, they will be having a lot of fun with that. Also, uh, you know, stuff for the kids to do there, including a uh, wave machine uh, in one of the stores there, and, uh, of course, the shopping and dining as well. So a lot of fun stuff, but the poker room is kind of a uh, my focus when I head out over there. Uh, it's located in the back of the first-floor casino known as the Finish Line Casino. They do have two uh, floors of casino action, including the uh, Pearls Casino upstairs. But uh, in the back part of that room is the 20-table poker room run by Scott Poole. And uh, a lot of fun there and a lot of great tournaments. Nice people there, uh, including the dealers and, and all the staff. And uh, the players fun to play with, too. It's, uh, it's nice. You can watch sports on the uh, numerous big-screen TVs located throughout the poker room. And, uh, of course, keep an eye on the horse racing as well. If you want to plunk down a couple of bets, <laughs> may even bet on a highlight game or two if they're carrying that as well that day. Uh, it's Gulfstream Park. It's located at 901 South Federal Highway. The phone number to get in touch with the poker room and find out what's going on as far as tournament action, what they're spreading, how many players, what's going on. Uh, maybe learn a little bit about uh, uh, their loyalty program. Certainly uh, you should check it out and find out what's going on before you head on over there. But it's very easy to get to on the corner of Federal Highway and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. If you want to put it into your GPS, it's 901 South Federal. And uh, we invite you to go check that out. It's uh, Houndale Beach. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. 
every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe, another edition of Poker Action Line. By the way, you can always uh, get the show by heading over to uh, to iTunes, just searching out Poker Action Line or Big Dave Lemon. You can find the show very easily. You can subscribe to the show there uh, where it downloads. Every time you open iTunes, uh, the latest edition of the show will automatically download, and uh, you can have them right there at your disposal. Also, the Hold'em Radio Network, carrying our program on a weekly basis, a couple of times, I guess. I don't know exactly what times they air, but I've heard uh, Friday evenings at 8 is a good time to, to find the show. So we'll uh, we'll have to update you on exactly where it is there. The Poker Fuse podcast page carries our show uh, on a weekly basis as well. Uh, also, uh, go to our website at PokerActionLine.com. You can click on the yellow box on the front page and find any of the previous shows if you want to check those out uh, and uh, archives of earlier shows. Uh, I was uh, listening to a couple of shows back from our first year, Mac Lance and and uh, a couple other shows. We had some uh, great stuff. Nolan Dahl, of course, uh, was a little bit out of commission with poker from what I heard. I know he had a – I follow his blog occasionally, and I know he had a big bet on the Super Bowl uh, on the under, which unfortunately Ooh. lost on, in overtime. But uh, looked like a lock. Yeah, exactly. So uh, – I'm sure he's not too happy about that, but he uh, kind of gave me the impression that he has gotten away from poker a little bit uh, after a long career where he was at every tournament every week and hardly ever missed uh, an event. Yes, uh, got involved with the Poker Central people and the uh, Poker Night in America, um, but has gotten away from that. And I think part of that, you know, the uh, run-in he had with uh, Jacqueline Moscow and uh, what's uh, resulted from that. But uh, I'm sure he'll be back, and uh, it's been a great career for Nolan, a big part of it. So uh, we'll see what happens. Also coming up later this month will be the uh, the awards out in Vegas. That uh, He was a big part of that with uh, the American Poker Awards. So we'll, we'll do a little research on that and find out what's going on. They always have some great meetings, and uh, our friend Tony Burns is uh, up for an award, Seminole Hard Rock, and uh, has become a big part of the national scene. So... Uh, we'll talk probably a little more about that next week. Yeah, well, listen, I, I, for me it's very sad that, uh, that Nolan has taken a step back, and obviously I, you know, we don't know how that thing with Jacqueline Moscow affected him. Uh, you know, but uh, as I've said on this show before many times, he's definitely, if he wasn't my favorite interview, uh, he was number two, so yeah. him and Jason seem to be one and two in my heart uh, <laughs> when it comes to the interviews that we've done on this show. Uh, event number eight, the Monster Stack, kind of uh, last chance to register up there this afternoon. Uh, they are uh, uh, coming to the conclusion of level 12, and uh, they went on the dinner break. When the dinner, when they get back from the dinner break, uh, registration will be closed. Uh, the board showing 396 de- six entries for that one, a 365 buy-in uh, monster stack tournament where you start with 20,000 chips. So, uh, no, no uh, word about uh, leaderboards or anything like that. But uh, we'll of course talk more about the uh, late events of the tournament next week as the action concludes uh, on the 20th of February. 
one of the other things I want to mention was uh, there's some talk about Labratus, the uh, computer bot that uh, destroyed those players, the four players up at uh, the Rivers Casino. And there's talk now that uh, they'll go from heads-up play to six-max and, and use the computer for another test. And uh, how do you think that will transfer? Well, if they're making adjustments on a daily basis, uh, I'm going to kind of expect... I'm going to expect the computer to probably not do as well as it obviously did this last time after the adjustments were made. They because won 1.7 million. Because, because it's six-handed and it has to adjust maybe a little bit. But, um, you know, if they're making real-time changes on that thing, who knows? You know, this thing could dominate that field again like it did now, you know, like I said when they adjusted it. But as I was reading that article that, that you mentioned there, mm-hmm. you know, the... Uh, there were a lot of different variances in in how they played that to how real life poker is played. Yeah, right. There was some so, adjusted rules you know, uh, to uh, facilitate if, the competition. If you know, if you skew the the rules a little bit, uh, you know, one side or the other could obviously take uh, big advantage of that. And as it turns out, this time around, the bot was played probably a lot more aggressive. You know, it, it calculates the different types of hands that a player can have a lot quicker. And, again, I don't know how they were doing their adjustments. They're tweaking at the end of the day after they saw, you know, real-time results just uh, an hour or so before. So, again, uh, you'd have to lean towards the uh, the humans in the first match of six-handed, but uh, probably by a much narrower margin than, than when they first play, yeah. faced the computer heads up. Yeah, i got to agree. Uh, there's a great interview on Card Player magazine with uh, Noam uh, Brown, who is a student at Carnegie Mellon that was involved in the development of the uh, computer, along with uh, the professor there, Thomas uh, Sandholm. So uh, check that out. There's also a discussion on uh, Poker News Daily, uh, an article that's uh, an editorial basically talking about uh, why we shouldn't be so worried about computers uh, being so good at it. Uh, three reasons, in fact, why we shouldn't be worried about Labratus. So uh, those two articles are some that you can uh, check out on there as well and uh, find out what's going on. So uh, in the news is uh, is computers, but also in the news, uh, state of Florida, which uh, introduced a bill earlier this week that uh, would allow organizations to run low-stakes poker tournaments for charity. Um, you know, thanks in part uh, that the poker is considered a game of chance by the state. Uh, they'll fall... Uh, you know, very closely regulated by the state, but we'll find out what happens. Uh, I know they have a lot of uh, uh, pressure on putting together the compact with the state uh, and the Indian versus the Indians and uh, that thing there, but uh, this is the first in the step of, I guess, several gambling bills that will uh, that will jump out uh, over this uh, session, which just got, got underway. Yeah, isn't that funny how when they lost the court case, you know now now they're looking at a lot of different venues to see how they can generate you know uh more gaming income uh because they rolled the dice and lost uh with the Seminoles and I don't think the Seminoles have signed any compact no, they yet with they them have not signed it. and you know they 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 you know, they're they're actually holding the state's feet to the fire on these on this particular uh issue so 
the state's either going to have to bend over backwards and give everything that the that the Seminoles want, you know, that the Hard Rock people want there, or maybe go this route that you're talking about, you know, opening up other venues where they can try to generate gaming income that they're obviously going to lose if they don't get this compact. Right. Uh, the last thing I want to mention was uh, I read a story today about uh, uh, heavy betting uh, in Europe. There was uh, certainly heavy betting on the election, but uh, the action now is on whether Donald Trump will be impeached during his term. And uh, you have to lay four to one to, if it's in the first year, but it's even money uh, about him either resigning or being impeached uh, over the course of his term. And, you know, things are getting pretty wild. Uh, they are denying a lot of the things that are happening, but every day it's in the news that uh, the Trump's getting very frustrated. Well, I don't know if uh, my wife read to me today when we were driving up here earlier this morning. She read to me an article by Leonard Pitts, a writer for the yeah, Herald. Yeah, I like, I like Leonard Pitts. Did you read that article? No, I didn't. It's an outstanding article. It's in today's paper? It's like, what was the title of it? Excuse me, Mr. President, but what? You know, like, you know, he's like saying, hey, listen, you know, in your fiefdom, the, you know, of Trump Towers and all of this, you were the boss. He goes, as president, you know, you've got, you, you have 364 million bosses. That you have to answer to, right. meaning uh, meaning uh, uh, you know the citizens of this country, and you just can't say I want to do this for the sake of doing this. You know we have laws, we have our constitution, and you know the checks and balances that makes our country great. And I'm telling you, if you get a chance, read that article because it is great. And I will try to check that. You out, know, let yeah. me tell you something. You know, uh, again. He's going to be our president for four years unless he does get impeached and thrown out of office. I'm hoping that he improves. You know, uh, it's, I think it's obviously a culture shock to him that he's got to you know, follow rules and regulations yeah, exactly. that he hasn't had to do in his business practices for the most better part of so many years. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I think, like you said, that, didn't that article say he was less than uh, even money it's to about get impeached even. in his four years? It's, within a, his it's four about years. even money right now. So that'll give you an idea of where, which way the people are leaning there. Exactly. Uh, the last, oh, I did want to mention one other thing that I did left, leave out, and that was the Super High Roller Bowl. Uh, they had uh, selected 35 spots that sold out on the first day uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they wanted to uh, limit the field to 50 players. Uh, they've now uh, there was 54 players that applied on that first day, so some of there was kind of a lottery. But a lot of those are now going to get in because they have decided to expand the field to 56 players. So uh, should be interesting. Uh, that will be this summer, right before the main event starts, and uh, they will have eight seven-handed tables with a prize pool of 16.8 million dollars. The first place prize will be six million. So uh, this will get a lot of players like Negreanu and. Uh, uh, Phil Hellmuth and players like that that looked like they were going to be on the outside looking in, maybe to get them in, which was uh, certainly the right way to go. And why would you want to limit that? I mean, at least at that number that they were talking about. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, we'll give you more on that over the coming weeks as we follow that one. But uh, 20 more, 21 more seats now available for the Super High Roller Bowl at the Aria in uh, 
That will be in May. So uh, we'll follow that as well. We'll also follow the uh, World Series of Poker Circuit event as it moves into the weekend with its main event. And uh, we'll be heading back up there to talk to a few more players and hopefully have some more interviews next week. Congratulations to uh, the two ladies who won uh, big tournaments, yep. Emma Zasmovic and uh, Lonnie Harwood. And uh, we will uh, certainly follow that along. We'll also get a hold of Stacy Madison and get her back on the show and uh, find out. Another lady who won uh, her rematch. Exactly. Who uh, defeated William Kasuf in their uh, grudge match over in the Czech Republic. So uh, this is all ahead for us here. And we will uh, follow those and keep you posted on everything in the world of poker as we move forward here in 2017. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be have more next week on another edition of the show. I'm Big Dave Lemon along with Joe Rodriguez, and uh, thanks for being with us. Gio, thank you for all your stuff, and uh, we will check you out next week here on the pro another edition of the program. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 